Why, that's enough. Blimey, Riley, don't clap too loud, mate. You bring the ruddy house down. <laughs> you know, it's an old building, right? It's an old structure. You get my meaning. Yeah, that's <laughs> very good. What happens next, Brunson? So, where was I? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this horse. See? This, this horse. <laughs> <laughs> this, this horse goes into a bar, right? He's telling a joke now. Oh, excellent. This horse, right, he goes into the bar, and the barman says... <laughs> oh, you like this, Mike? He's telling me horse, right? You know, OK, so there's this horse, right? And he says to him... Get on with it! Oh, sir! Who said that? Oh, sir, you tell him. I said don't say that! Huh? Casebook of Inspector Steed by In Trust. Episode 1 The Entertainer. I suppose I'll never be a famous policeman like Inspector Steen. Here in Brighton, Inspector Steen is a veritable legend. He broadcasts to the nation every week on the own service, Law and the Little Man. He was on What's My Line a couple of weeks ago. He's met Edmundo Ross. Anyway, villains, that's my area of expertise, God help me. It gets me down sometimes, the way I can see the hundreds and hundreds of flaming rotten villains just teeming like vermin under the thin veneer of this apparently cheerful seaside town. Scuttling and swarming and breeding and shouting, Na, 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 copper, can't catch me, why don't you just give up, you useless wooden top? Ah, oh, well... Our story this week begins at a very, very peculiar time for all of us at the Brighton Police Station. Right, here we go. Oh, mm. oh double oh. three again, I'm afraid, sir. Flaming it, twitting. Be the dart, brother. Yeah, I'm trying, sir. It all started just after Constable Twitten and our dear old station char lady, Mrs. Groins, had both been taken hostage by a madman with a blood grudge against Inspector Steen. Well, it's, it's a long story. Anyway, the thing was, overnight, inexplicably, on their release, all of a sudden, the crime in Brighton no! just stopped. No score, sir. This was no temporary lull either. While the rest of mid-1950s Britain was worrying itself into a lather about the spread of juvenile delinquency and the soaring figures for post-war violent crime, in Brighton, we had six months of no crime at all. <laughs> Constable Twitten started writing a groundbreaking sociological study of kinship systems in the Fens. Uh, call that a six. Let's see, there was a one. Inspector Steen worked tirelessly on his golf handicap. Five. Oh, yes, the tree. Uh, six, seven. And I. Well, I thought I should do something a bit more useful, so I infiltrated and gained the trust of a bunch of villains who never actually told me they were planning a bank job. How do you know they're not just playing Boccherini because they like it, Brunswick? But I knew it would pay dividends in the end. Oh, the number of times I played that tune. It was a strange time, especially for me. Like a phony war. I mean, the villains didn't disappear off the face of the earth, did they? No, it was just like they were under a spell. Waiting for a signal, poised, charged, and getting ever more desperate. Inspector Steen took it all at face value, of course. 
But there was one other person at the station, funnily enough, who didn't seem to be enjoying this bizarre holiday from crime, as I wasn't. It was our funny char lady, Mrs. Groins. She hated it. She absolutely hated it. You could tell it actually drove her mad. Oh, no. I know, I know it's been six months, Vince. I'm tearing the air out, but what can I do? Mrs. Goins? Listen, Vince, I've got to go. I told you, I've got to go. Morning, Mrs. Goins. Was I interrupting something? No, dear. What could you possibly be interrupting? There's nothing happening, is there? Nothing. In the old flaming town, thanks to you. It was a fair agreement, Mrs. Goins. Ah, no, dear. But on the other hand, you never heard the expression, a joke's a joke? Look, the agreement was... I don't tell Inspector Steen you're the criminal mastermind of Brighton, and in return... I don't let any of my boys do anything at all. Lovely. Well, all this standing around jawing won't launch the new Vauxhall Victor as the all-round 40 miles to the Gallon family saloon car of choice now, will it, dear? Cup of tea. Bravo. That's the spirit. Ooh, the police gazette. You wouldn't believe how much crime is going on elsewhere, Mrs. G, in towns where they don't have such an enlightened arrangement as we have here. Oh, wouldn't I? <laughs> I mean, gosh, look at this. Daylight robberies. Yeah. Daring bank raids. Oh. Ooh, smash and grabs. Slice the cake, dear. Cases of fraud, illegal gambling, stolen bicycles. That was Vince on the phone just now. Then Twiniquist Vince, the unbelievably threatening Punch and Judy man. What's he doing these days if he isn't going around terrifying people? He's working at the Hippodrome, dear, doing some masterous ceremonies. Oh, yes, going straight. Good for him. Look, dear, I'm not asking so much as begging. Hmm? It's a very, very, very little case of embezzlement he wants to do. Oh, Mrs. Gronk. A couple of hundred quid off the top. They might never even notice. Just a couple of measly hundred off the top, dear. No. Hundred... Fifty. Twenty rotten quid, dear. It's a favour to me. Couldn't you find it in your heart? I can't go on like this. I'm sure it will get easier with time. You know, I could have you done, dear. I just have to snap my fingers. There's a queue from here to Essex. And then on from Essex to Hayward's Heath. But as I've already explained, Mrs G, there is a letter sealed and waiting in the hands of London solicitors to be delivered to Inspector Steen in the event of anything suspicious happening to me. <sighs> so rubbing me out would be a very foolish act indeed. Try to look at it differently. Try to think how happy you've made Inspector Steen. You know how he dislikes to be reminded of crime. <laughs> oh, here he comes. Good <laughs> morning, Mrs. Grimes Twitten. <laughs> Did you know there's a club that's just for putting? Mm. Why didn't anyone tell me that? Morning, Inspector. How about a nice cup of tea? Oh, have we got time, Guns? Look at well. you. Oh, you've been out on that golf course of yours working your backbone to a string of conkers again. <laughs> or I'm not Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Grimes, what a character. Isn't she a character, Guns? <laughs> yes, she is. Oh, yes, sir. <laughs> uh, if we're needed, uh, we'll be at Luigi's, Twitten. Very good, sir. Right, dear, off you go. Yes. I mean, to say all this standing around Jordan won't make Colin Wilson's unreadable book The Outsider an inexplicable global bestseller now, will it, dear? <laughs> no, no, it won't. <laughs> and now, what's all this about the call of the stage, Brunswick? Well, sir. <sighs> what was the sergeant talking about just then? He's been thinking about getting into variety. Mm. At the Hippodrome, where you said Vince is working... <laughs> the sergeant's actually bought us all tickets for tomorrow afternoon. So you'd better tell Vince that, come to think of it, Mrs Goins. He hardly wants to go committing a crime and there are three eagle-eyed police officers actually in the house now, does he? Even Inspector Steen would find it hard to deny the evidence of his own senses. You're right, dear. Have a good time, dear. 
Oh. Operator, get me the hippodrome, dear. Oh, you're right, constable. Oh. You are so right. Vince? Vince, it's me. Listen, I've just had an idea. And now, at a quarter to eight, we go over to Alexandra Palace to hear a fascinating talk on Law and the Little Man from our regular expert, Inspector Steen of the Brighton Constabulary. He will discuss tonight controversial legislation concerning entertainment, the so-called Bang Up the Buskers Act of 1912, which introduced the offence of aggressively amusing or otherwise molesting the public in a manner to cause consternation, distress, confusion or embarrassment. And after Law and the Little Man at 8 o'clock, we join the black and white minstrels. Good evening. There is a general misapprehension in the British public concerning the role of the police. I mean to say, we enjoy a good laugh as much as the next man. <laughs> but seriously, the role of the police is no laughing matter. This is very good of you, Albert. Yeah, it's all right, sir. Oh, dear, oh, dear. Here's the long era. I think he's in. What's the name again? Uh, well, I was thinking Antonio. Oh, they'll be all over your son. Oh, do you think so? Yes, yes, <laughs> oh, yes. The ladies, they love an eye tie. <laughs> what was your real name? Oh, uh, Jim. Jim uh, Br uh, Br uh, Br uh, Br Brick. Uh, Jim Brick. I'd stick with Antonio if I was you. Look. What? A star on the door. Who's in there, Albert? Oh, where are we now? Uh, well, uh, uh, this week that'll be Ozzy Orrenshaw. Not that northern comic who does a shop steward thing. Yeah. Oh, the members will never stand for that. <laughs> the members will never stand for That's the one. Uh, we had that Arthur Askey last week. Oh, what a wonderful thing to be, a healthy grown-up, is he, with his You think he'd get tired eventually, but no. Do you listen to the axe, Albert, when you're at your stage door? I notice your little speaker. <laughs> I've got a, a special socker put in it when no one's looking. What's your Antonio do, then? Accordion dancing. Accordion dancing. Yeah, I dance, you see, and play the accordion at the same time. Really? <laughs> and me with no idea of what might be entailed. I'm sure Mr. Drew will lap it up, son. Here we are. I'm so excited. Oh, good. Did you... Did you think of a blindfold at all? Oh, I'm not sure I could manage all the notes without looking. Albert. Come in. <laughs> I meant for the audience, son. Hmm, <laughs> oh. yeah. Oh, gosh, of course. <laughs> Working late, Britain. Oh, good evening, sir. Oh, no, no, don't get up, don't get up. How's the writing going? Well, I expect you've <laughs> discovered it's a lot harder than it looks, eh? Hour after hour, staring at the wall, not a thing coming into your mind. Oh, <laughs> the number of books I've started, Twitten. Oh, uh, well, actually, I've nearly finished, sir. Uh, but then it's only going to be 150,000 words. Uh, it's about 600 pages, sir. 
Well, be prepared to stick it in a drawer and put the whole thing down to experience. That's my advice, Twitten. I'm sure you're right, sir. Although several publishers, including André Deutsch and yes, Alan uh, Lane... Look, look, Twitten, Twitten it, it occurs to me that perhaps we've all got too much time on our hands. Did you know Brunswick had bought us all tickets for the Hippodrome tomorrow afternoon? He would never have done that in the old days, would he? It's the inexplicable but welcome absence of crime, sir. Oh, yes, yes. And, of course, you're right. This inexplicable absence of crime is... Uh, well, it's delightful. It's just... Delightful. I just, I, I can't help thinking, Twitten. By the time crime breaks out again, I'll be on my own here. Oh, sir. No, the way things are going, you'll be an author wearing a corduroy jacket and horn-brimmed spectacles, writing learned articles for the new statesman, I, I, and Sergeant Brunswick will be hoofing on stage at the Hippodrome, in between dancing girls, a novelty dog act, an obscene northern comedian, and some greasy hobbledy-hoy sawing a woman in half. Ready? That's all arranged then for tomorrow. Oh, good. Yeah. You better scarper, Mrs. Chin. Uh, anyone there? I oh, will see anything. The lights. Yeah, in your own time. Uh, what is Antonio? Uh, and he's the one always going ruddy undercover. Blimey, Riley. Here goes. <laughs> Time to invent. Well, I'll try. Just keep telling yourself they can't help it. That's what I do. They can't help it. They can't help it. I just seem to have been born that way. Oh, I was on the brink of a new career. You know what ventriloquist Vince said to me after the audition? He said he genuinely wondered whether the world was ready for me. And that I reminded him a bit of a policeman he knew. But that this other fellow wasn't Italian. The next day I couldn't wait to take the inspector and the others to what might soon become my new home. Right, Ruel. Sorry, sorry, excuse me. Sorry. Oh, if you have to look, and if you will wear winkle pickers. Sorry, sorry, my apologies. Sorry, too. Thank you. Goodness, right. Uh, everyone sit down. Come on, Brunswick, here next to me. Then, uh, Mrs. Royne. That's right, yes. And then Twitten at the far end, so I don't have to listen to him boasting insufferably about his publishing deals. Oh, I hope you remember the humbugs, Brunswick. Oh, I took the liberty of getting you a drink on a stick, sir. Oh, well, all right. I still don't see why we all had to come to this ghastly place. <laughs> I've told you before how I feel about variety. If they do the laughing policeman, I promise you I will get up and leave. Sir. Oh! you see that, Brunswick? Yes, sir. Contortionists are a regular feature of the... Oh, look at that! Look at... Uh, 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 no, sir. Oh, where's my drink on a stick? This was very good of Sergeant Brunswick, wasn't it, Mrs. G? Oh, lovely, dear. Take your hat off, then. There's a good lad. People are looking. Oh, bravo! <laughs> bravo! Ah, oh, ventriloquist Vince. Yes, dear. Big hand, five billion dicey, the twisty, tangling, toppling twins. So much toppling, eh? You'll never believe it if you don't see it. <laughs> Okay, that's enough. It's only toppling. That's enough. You did tell him not to put his hand in the till, Mrs. Boyce. Oh, I did, dear. And I'd just like to say it's been lovely cooperating with you like this, dear. But all good things come to an end. What? Shut up! Oh, Mrs. Goins? Blimey, Riley. Right. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> Now, <laughs> I've got the good news and the bad news. 
<laughs> we got a brand new act now. Never been seen before. That's the bad news. <laughs> well, the good news is, it's me. Oh. <laughs> I need volunteers. What's happening? What's happening? He needs a volunteer, sir. I'll have to choose. Oh, me. Have to choose. Me, me, pick me. Oh, oh, I don't know if you know about it, sir, but there's probably someone planted in the audience, someone probably in the front there. There, what? there, sir. Look down the front there, sir. Just as an off-duty market trader, sir. Oh, yes. Look, he's going up already. That's the script. You, mate! Get yours, sir. Where the fuck you're going? Well, that's not supposed to happen, sir. You want me to have a look? You want me to have head on? You get back in your seat, back! Lime and you want me to tear your guts up, mate, and feed it to that laddy seagulls? Mrs. Goins, what did you mean just now? So hard to choose, so hard. He's flying solo, sir. This is very exciting now. Me! Pick me! Mrs. Goins. Well, that's enough of that. You, madam, in row L, in middle there, orange hat. What's he pointing at, dear? Can you tell? I think he means you, Mrs. Goins. No. Damn. Yes! What's going on? It does mean you, Mrs. G. Go on. Oh, wish me luck, dears. Inspector Steen, sir, I think we should stop the show. May I borrow your whistle, Sergeant? What? No, let go. Oh, please, what's he up to? Keep trying to get my whistle, sir. Look, I'm confused enough to this prison without you. Let him go. Stop it. Let go. Stop it. Get away from him, Brunswick, honestly. Doesn't anybody else want to see Mrs. Groins? Okay, here she comes, and blimey, Riley, it's a game and no mistake. Be damn please for this plucky lady. Uh, what's your name, dear? Oh, I, I don't care to say, if you don't mind. Fair enough. What do you do for a living? I'm a char lady, dear, at the police station, and I'm not ashamed of that, neither. Oh, yeah, yeah. Now, uh, can you sing, dear? Oh, not a note, dear, I'm sorry. Not for toffee? Not for a pound and a half of Callard and Bowser's, dear. <laughs> so, it's fair to say you wouldn't know song the boy I love is up the gallery. Up in the gallery? No, dear, never heard of it. <laughs> right, now. Look into my eyes. Ooh, hey. You are feeling sleepy. Ooh, I am. This is terrific entertainment, Brunswick. Take it all back. When I say sing, you'll sing song you don't even know. Oh, that's amazing. It simply can't be done. Sing. Up in the gallery, the boy I love is looking out at me. Oh, there he is, can't you see? Waving of his handkerchief. Oh, it's beautiful. As merry as a robin that sings on a parade. <laughs> <laughs> One more volunteer. You have anyone special this evening, darling? Oh, this is exciting, Brunswick. It might be us next. Me! Big me! Yes, I am, That young man there, bless him, he's a good boy. He's a policeman. Uh, me? Does she mean me? She means me, sir. Oh. Do I have to, sir? Of course you have to. Oh, very well, sir. Excuse me. Sorry. I'm beginning to see the attraction of all this, Brunswick, I must say. That makes me very happy, sir. <clears throat> Now, what's your name? I, uh, I'd rather not say either, sir. Yeah, blimey, Riley, another one. Okay, now, what I'm going to do, right, you look into my eyes, right? Very well, but I assure you it won't work. 
You're feeling sleepy? Not particularly. And I ought to tell you, I'm a very, very good singer. Okay, now you just shut up. Okay, clever boy, you just had your chips, mate. Because now, ladies and gentlemen, I make this young man not singing something. I make him believe something. I make this young man believe something so ruddy blooming daft, it make him laugh and stuck a whole ruddy bright. What can it be? What? What can it be? What? <laughs> I got it. Young man, yes. you're a policeman, right? Yes. Always on the lookout for the criminal. Yes. So I make you believe that this lady here... But what, me, dear? No. Oh, oh, no, don't. Yes, I make you believe this harmless cockney charlady from police station is criminal mastermind of Brighton. Oh, blimey. Careful, devil. Surely drugs. Sure, the hell, I can't hear myself really shouting up here. <clears throat> Young man... Did you hear what I said? But she is a criminal mastermind. Oh, it works, ladies and gentlemen. It works. <laughs> Listen, sir, I can explain everything. Oh, Mrs. Quinn is a fiend, sir. She's done back to a brilliant woman. She, she's in league with Ventura Christmas. I've got you sing. And then, just as suddenly as it stopped, the crime all started again. So my Antonio career had to be set aside. We never got to the bottom of why it stopped or why it started up again. But I can tell you, things really cheered up at the station. There was just one fly in the ointment. My Boccarini quintet did do a bank robbery. Rather a big one. So at least I was right about them all along. But on the other hand, they got away with it because, well, well, because they never let me in on the job, having somehow penetrated my disguise from the start. In fact, they left a note for me inside my violin case saying, Nice try, Sergeant Brunswick. When I discovered this, I must admit I did lose control momentarily. Six flaming but I pulled myself together and decided that the best policy was just never to tell the truth to Inspector Steen, because he would enjoy it too much. No, please, look, look, calm down, madam. I'm sure we can get to the bottom of this. How much was stolen again? Oh, dear. <laughs> Do you mind me asking why you kept such a large amount just lying around? I mean, the expression, asking for trouble, can't help us... Hello? Hello? Oh. Ah, Tritton. Oh, sorry, sir, you're on the phone. No, 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 come in. Uh, take a seat. There you go. Now, Tritton, I thought we should have a little chat. I suppose you've been a bit too busy to finish your book, what with all hell breaking loose suddenly. Unfortunately, <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, what a shame. What a shame, what a shame. Sir? Ah, yes. Now, um... It's about this Mrs. Groin's nonsense. Yes, sir. I ordered you to snap out of it, as I recall. You did, sir. And? It didn't work, sir. Damn. Look, you see, I, I admit it was very, very funny to start with, but jokes like that wear terribly thin after a bit, don't you find? Yes, sir. Oh, well. Fallback plan. Stay there, will you? Uh, Mrs. Groin's! Brunswick! Are you there? Um, oh, good. Well, come in a minute, will you? Sir? Morning, dear. Oh, look who it isn't. Morning, Mrs. Goynes. 
Twittner, you all right, son? I was going to offer you a nice cup of tea, Inspector, but perhaps I'd better take myself off to pull a daylight robbery down the East Street Arcade instead. Oh, that's yeah. not fair, Mrs G. It's not the lad's fault, is it? Uh, thank you, sir, but you don't understand. Don't you pick on the sergeant. I wasn't picking on the sergeant. Yes, you know, what I wanted to say to you all night was... was... Thank you, that's quite enough. <clears throat> what I have to say to you first, frankly, is that I can't help being a bit jealous of you all working under a chap like me who can not only take in a situation of such extraordinary complexity, but penetrate the essentials and instantly come up with an ingenious conciliatory solution worthy of Solomon in all his glory. <laughs> so, here we are. Here we are. The question we urgently have to ask ourselves is, what on earth are we going to do? Now, Twitten. Any ideas? Well, I've given the situation a great deal of thought, sir. I bet you have. I considered leaving the station, oh, sir. Oh, no, sir. I considered no. getting my solicitors to send you a certain letter from London, but unfortunately I stipulated they should only release it if I died or disappeared, so they wouldn't. We could get you dehypnotised if you'd like. I'd quite like to watch that. No, thank you, sir. I think I've been humiliated and outwitted quite enough for the time being, thank you. Oh, I always say it's a wise man who knows when he's beaten, dear. So, in the end... I decided that the best thing I can do in the circumstances is to apologise wholeheartedly to Mrs. Goyne, sir. Oh, true. And promise never to mention it again, despite the extreme mental difficulty I will be under from now on, sir, having to remember that she isn't the criminal mastermind of Brighton, despite all the evidence apparently pointing that way, sir. I'll help you, son. Thank you, sir. Look, it's very simple. You've just got to remember it's all in your mind, Twitten. Repeat after me. It's all in my mind. It's all in my mind, sir. It is all in your mind, Twitten. Yes, sir. All in my mind. Oh. Yeah. Well, I forgive you, dear, and you're right. We'll just say no more about it. Yes. Oh, come here. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> oh, I knew I'd get that sorted out. How about cups of tea all round? Oh, oh. coming up, dear. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, Brunswick. How's the Boccherini going? Oh. Well. <laughs> A little bird told me. <laughs> A little bird told me. <laughs> they knew it was you all along. <laughs> <laughs> In episode one of The Casebook of Inspector Steen by Lynn Truss, Brunswick was played by John Ram, Twitten, Matt Green, Mrs. Groin, Samantha Spiro, Inspector Steen, Michael Fenton Stevens, Ventriloquist Vince, Kim Wall, and Albert David Holt. Music was by Anthony May. The producer was Karen Rose. The Casebook of Inspector Steen is a sweet talk production for BBC Radio 4. And coming up next week... Doesn't this thing go any faster, Brunswick? Oh, I'm afraid not, sir. This is top speed. £75,000 worth of knocked-off Russian sables, dears. Oh, sir, we really have to catch that van.